Thank you guys so much for being here. Really appreciate it. This is our second year of our second, our second meeting of our second year. We started last year, like right in the midst of a pandemic and it like shut down in the middle of a year. And it was just like, last year was a mess. And uh, it was also our first time in this building. Uh, and then in the, kind of in the middle of the fall, we merged and became Hope Elam, which is really, really exciting. And so um, definitely come on any of the weekends. I know some folks were here this last weekend uh, at 9 and 11. And uh, I, I will just like pop out of the woodwork and be like, yes, I'm so glad you're here. And I'm just kidding. I won't bother you. But all that's to say, um, our services are a little, uh, maybe a little bit different than you might anticipate. A lot of, if you're familiar with the Hope services out in Des Moines or any like kind of contemporary worship thing. We do that, but also a heavy gospel influence of that as well. And it's a really beautiful thing. And so um, we would love to have you on the weekends. And I asked last, uh, it was like my opening question last week was like, if anybody is a uh, a person who loves like new things, like just naturally you like gravitate towards fresh starts and whatnot. And I found out I'm the only one uh, that's like, yes, new year, new thing. The other, the other side of it was just like, you're like, oh, I feel like things are going to kind of go kind of wrong. Like, uh, I'm, I'm not sure about this. And so um, since we're getting to know each other, all of us here together, as we, uh, as we come from a lot of different schools and different places and different settings, um, my question tonight is this. Would anybody identify themselves as a projects person? Like they love having something to work on. Like they're they're just like happy to like be doing something kind of constantly. Anybody like does that vibe with anybody in here? Okay, I, I thought we would have more than 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 last time. So um, there are people who love having something to work on. Uh, my wife is one of those people. She just like is constantly like doing stuff. And um, from my observation, there are two kinds of project lovers, right? Um, two main types. Uh, the first one is somebody who lives for the checklist, right? The ability to get things done, thrive off the exhilaration of, of chipping away at small, quick necessities throughout your day, right? Uh, getting all, maybe for you and your like everyday rhythm, it's like, uh, anybody ever gravitate towards like the quick assignments first? Like you do the for the quick ones, like you're like, oh, online discussion, yeah, uh, gonna get all those out of the way, and then all of a sudden you just feel so accomplished. Maybe another thing is like if you have emails to send to anybody, you're like, I'm just gonna cruise through the email inbox because I'm gonna feel like I accomplished a lot even by doing those quick little things. Um, I can tell it's resonating with some of you, yeah. So uh, another one's like at home, maybe like you're like, I'm just gonna fold the laundry as opposed to fix something that needs to get done or like you're just taking care of all those little things. So sometimes for some, for these specific short-term checklist people, Getting those little things done, seeing that those sweet, sweet check marks or X's or cross outs or however you do your checklists, um, that just feels good. That feels like peace to them. Uh, The other type of project person might be a little more rare, right? Um, This is these are the people who thrive for like the big task that requires countless hours, details, and seemingly endless little steps. Maybe you got. family like this. I, this is not in my notes, but like, I just keep thinking of Gibbs in NCIS. Does anybody, has, I don't know if anybody's like binged NCIS on, uh, on Netflix, but there's a guy in it who's just like building a boat in his basement. That's the type of thing that I'm talking about. Maybe, maybe you have aunts or uncles or anybody that like, they love refurbishing old furniture. They're like, Hey, I bought this like whole entire bedroom set for 
32 cents at a garage sale and I'm going to sand all of it and refinish it and restain it and put it on Etsy or whatever. But it's like, you're like, man, that seems like a lot of work. Like that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. Um, also people who, uh, you know, have a project car or a motorcycle that they're just constantly fixing up. It'll never be done. Uh, the people who are like, yeah, I'm writing a book. You're like, what? Uh, that seems like a lot of work. In your own everyday life, um, you know that there are people who are getting like two degrees and are taking like 10 classes and that they're always like starting a new side hustle or a business or getting another part-time job. Or we like, we always know these people that you're like, how are you alive? Like, when do you eat or sleep or do any of those things? Right. Maybe you are those people, uh, in, uh, to your friends. If you, if you don't know anybody like that, I feel like maybe that maybe it's you. Uh, but, uh, if you're one of those checklist pro, pro, like shorter term people, or if you're like yours truly, who relishes in the freedom of doing nothing, uh, yeah, see, we're, we're, we, we exist. Um, if you're anybody like that and we're looking at these long-term checklist people, we can gawk kind of incredulously at these seemingly endless steps to finish whatever this task has that this person's undertaken. And if I just like, if I listed some of those long-term things, you might just feel tired even just hearing about it. But we talked last week about expectations. We talked about how uh, that there are a lot of expectations on all of you as you start a brand new year. And um, I kind of uh, have titled this kind of opening series, uh, Restarting Strong, um, because this year really does feel like a restart. Like it feels like last year was like, okay, we'll try to do life and whatever works. But now here you are back on campus, you're into the next thing. And we, we really want to talk about how to start strong in the year. So last year, you can hear it on the podcast. Um, if you search Kairos Des Moines, uh, you can find it there. And what we talked about was how there's so many expectations for all of us and expectations that we have for ourselves um, that we anticipate and expectations that people have for us and then expectations that we have for everybody else and how we think the world's going to work. And, uh, here's the thing. Uh, we talked specifically about what God's expectations are of us and what our expectations are of God. And we felt like it was a good place to start for the semester. Maybe you're like, okay, Chris, I got the message. I listened to the podcast or I was here last week and, uh, God expect we did one of our main takeaways was, um, what does God really expect from us? Not to just like live perfect lives and like be perfect little clones of whatever person like comes to your brain in Christian Instagram or whatever, but instead it's all, it's all about us having enough faith to be the people that God made us to be. It's about living into the passions in the, in the, the ways that God, the things that God has put in your heart to bless the world around you. Like be truly and authentically you and trust that God is there and is going to be present with you in the struggles associated with that. That's, we talked about that's kind of what God expects from us. And I talk about that and you're like, I get it. God expects me to live with faith. But then you look at like what you want to be faithful towards and you like look at the thing you feel called to and you're like that looks hard. Like that looks like bad. Like that looks like maybe a little bit more than I really know how to handle. And you think like, God, it's nothing against you. Thanks for the whole Jesus thing. Uh, but also you're like the plan that I had for me and my expectations, I kind of know how to do that. So I'm just going to go kind of with the road, the road of least, the path of least resistance. Um, I'm just going to go with that. Maybe you find yourself kind of gravitating towards, like if I say something about living into your promise, you're like, yeah, but that seems like a lot, right? And you're like, does anybody even do that? 
here's the thing. We were talking about daily checklists, hobbies, all those different things to start with. But when it comes to these bigger pathways in life, career, you know, family, all of these different things, we all have to travel those pathways. And a lot of times they can often also seem like an unattainable project. Whether it's career, whether it's school, whether it's our mental slash physical slash spiritual health, uh, maybe you're in a tough spot with any of those in particular right now and you're like, man, I don't, I don't know what it looks like to be okay with that. Maybe you find yourself in a place of feeling overwhelmed because you look at the career that you want and you're like, uh, my ideal career requires an undergraduate and a master's degree and a PhD. And you're like, I'm halfway through this, the second week of this semester and I already feel cooked. Like You're like, how am I supposed to get through all that school? I'm ready to be done. Um, maybe you're just living your life and you're like, listen, I don't know what's going to happen 10 years from now. I don't have things planned out that far, that far in advance. And you feel fine with that. But then you have like little miss, like, uh, like valedictorian, Mr. Valedictorian down the hall who like has their life map done for the next four decades. And it like kind of bums you out a little bit and makes you feel a little insecure. You're like, am I supposed to have this all together? What's this supposed to be? Um, maybe during the first year of COVID-19, uh, you gained the COVID-20 because you were afraid that the, the apocalypse would mean the world would run out of pizza rolls. Uh, so you made sure that you, that that didn't happen for you. If that seems uh, specific, there's a reason uh, for that. For those listening on the podcast, pointing to me. So um, those are just personal problems, right? These are all things that can sometimes seem unattainable to us. That's not even mentioning worldwide systematic and systemic issues like racial injustice, unforeseen challenges like COVID-19, which makes us even wonder, like, what is one person in central Iowa even going to do about these things that seem to plague all people all the time? One of the points that I would like to suggest to us this evening is we often don't follow our callings, not because we don't love God, right? It's, it's, we're like, cool with God. We're like, good job, God, You're crushing it. Uh, I'm going to, I really appreciate it. But a lot of times we don't follow our callings, not because we don't love God, but because we're afraid of what comes next. We see the life that we're called to live and we, we were afraid of being judged by other people. We're afraid that maybe those expectations, we talked about how we have parental expectations. And you're like, listen, I would really love to go this way. But like, I've been expected to be this, fill in, my, fill in the blank, right? Um, I've always been expected to go in this particular path. Maybe it's the family business or a specific trade. And you're like, I don't know if I can step out and do that. Um, and here's why these long-term goals uh, seem unattainable. We can often see the outcome that we want, right? If I were to ask you what you wish would happen, most of you could give me around those like big unattainable things, uh, whether it's like systematic issues or whether it's uh, your own personal life. If I asked you where you want to end up, you could probably tell me, right? You could say like, here's my dream job, just like, like without any barriers or, or anything, like here's what I would love to get paid a bajillion dollars an hour to do. You could tell me your dream health, what you wish your goals were, how, you know, run three minute miles because you can get up easily at 4 a.m. in the morning, you know, all those things. Um, you could even describe a world where people are treated fairly and equitably. And then you could also describe a world where there uh, wasn't a need for masks or for testing or for vaccines, or we would understand all these different things about people's health. 
even things that have been around for a while, like cures for cancer and diabetes and uh, Alzheimer's and all these different things. We can all describe what we would want to happen in our lives and in the world. But we often feel ill-equipped to get there. We're like, what do we do, right? Uh, if we know the steps that we're supposed to take, like in our own lives, like if you're like, well, to get to that dream job, I'm going to have to do this, this, and this, and this. One of the reasons why we stop is either because it's terrifying and seems really hard, and the only thing better, or the only thing that feels better than doing something hard is doing anything else, right? Like the only thing that feels better than doing a hard thing is doing an easy thing. So we just naturally uh, default to that sometimes. Uh, the other reason why we wouldn't do those things that are seem clear and set out in front of us is because uh, we don't know actually what those things are. We're like, listen, I don't really want to explore that, or I'm not, I'm not really sure what's going to happen. Um, so there's, there's plenty of reasons why we choose not to follow these lives that God gives for us. And if this seems vague, I'm, I'm keeping it that way because it could look a little really different for a lot of different ones of us. Um, so even then, when we come to church and we want to get psyched up for the week and we're like, it's time to get a shot in the arm, like we're going to get really excited about, you know, at least we can be in, in, you know, inspired by church. We can hear that Jesus is the hope of the world and we can even believe that. But then something that often happens in churches is that we can even feel discouraged in that moment because what can we do in our own individual faith to contend with the massive hurt of the world, right? We're like, man, Jesus is really good, but what am I supposed to do? And you're like, well, those stories of like people changing the world with their faith, that's for some other super Christian or somebody maybe in a different country or maybe that's for some pastoral figure somewhere else. So... The Bible meets us where we're at with all of this. And uh, I will have us flip to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. And uh, feel free to uh, get out your phones, get out your, uh, your physical Bibles, whatever that looks like and for you. Um, and as always, I will give you some time while you find that. Give you some context. Luke is one of the four books named after guys that, uh, that their names are attributed to them of Jesus' disciples. They tell the life, death, and resurrection stories of Jesus, also known as the Gospels. And in this particular Gospel, um, Jesus is telling a lot of these parables, which are like uh, metaphorically based little stories. I don't say little pejoratively. They're often very short. And you'll see what I mean in just a moment. Um, they, they're often short and they're they're meant to teach us a lesson. Uh, Jesus is always talking about the people that are listening, and that includes the people in that day and age and also us. So we're going to look at a specific parable. Luke chapter 13, verses 18 is where we're going to start. Luke chapter 13, verse 18. Then Jesus asked, what is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and it became a tree and the birds perched in its branches. What shall I compare the kingdom of God to? Let me read that one more time because it's nice and short. Jesus asked, and he's, he's teaching a group of people. There is a crowd listening to this, his followers, as well as people from the region. What is the kingdom of God like? This is a question a lot of people ask because Jesus talked about the kingdom of God a lot. What shall I compare it to? He's like, what words can I say to make this make sense to y'all? It's like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree and the birds perched in its branches. 
So Jesus tells a story about how the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which is one of the smallest tiny seeds. It is not the smallest seed. People get salty sometimes when uh, when speakers, pastors, preachers, whatever, give uh, facts that aren't like there are smaller seeds than mustard seed, but it's very small. Like if I held it on my finger right here, you would not like you would have trouble distinguishing it from where you are. It's this little tiny thing that you would likely mistake for a speck of dust. But Jesus talks about how in in this scenario, there's a man that plants it in fertile ground, which means that uh, the seed was cared for. It was cared for well, and it grew into something. Now, what I don't want us to miss here, and Jesus puts a couple details in this very short story to make this specific point. It didn't grow into this weak little thing. It didn't all of a sudden, it's airplane taking off every time. I will mention it always because it will always distract me. The, the air conditioner is right here, and it, that's what just turned on. Now, um, so the facts that Jesus makes it make sure that we understand is this. Um, if, you have a, if you have a seed this small, you're like, great, it's going to grow into a little, tiny, little, nice, cute thing. That's awesome. The point that Jesus makes is, no, 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 this turned into something strong. This turned into something large. In fact, a regular mustard seed, uh, it says tree. Actually, you know, we can, all, we can argue all day long. It's more of a shrub. Uh, but this, this particular shrub slash bush slash tree can grow as wide and kind of, it just kind of grows out. It can be as big on average, like a larger grove of them can be 20 feet. 20 feet for one particular plant, and the really big ones get about 30 feet. And Jesus makes a specific point to say that this tree, this shrub, this very large plant that came from that, uh, was even supporting the weight of other living things. It wasn't just a big thing just for the sake of being a big thing. Birds actually perched on it. It actually lived in the world around it. It actually supported other living things. It was actually there to do something. We believe in God a lot of the times, but one of the things that we don't believe in is what God can do in us. A lot of us are like, yeah, God is great. God is awesome. To you, maybe the problem is if I'm like, God's going to do great things in your life, you're like, yeah, God is great. It's the doing things in my life thing that's hard because you're like, I'm the problem. I trust this whole God thing, but it's like me that's going to mess it up. And I think that a lot of times, depending on... um, for a million different reasons in a lot of languages that get used around church, a lot of times that's the message that you hear. You're like, we need to worship a Jesus that is so good and you're just trash. And I talked a little bit about this last week, but the problem is, is that that's not, I, I really don't believe that that captures the heart of God for you. When God made you, as it said in Genesis, before we get any choice, before we get to do anything in the world around us, God said that we are very good. Not just good, but very good. So good, in fact, that it's, um, you know, God made us in God's own image, and God called everything else good, but called people very good. Now, here's the thing. Don't get it twisted. You will mess it up. I will mess it up. We will all do things that we're not proud of, and we will all not choose God. But the reason that I'm here doing this tonight, and the, re- the, the, the message that I'm hoping that we all hear is that it's not about the times that we don't choose God, it's that we keep coming back to God because God will continually choose us. We cannot choose God as many times as we want. God will continually choose you. 
will keep pursuing you, will keep meeting where you're at, and will continue to do great works with you and your blessings if you're willing to step into that long-term project together that, that we might call our lives. Because we're all sitting in here, each with our own story. I'm guessing that you are, uh, I know for a fact, you were not born in 1991 in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, right? You, you, we've all had different experiences. We've all had different um, circumstances. Um, we've, we're all, in our own story, thinking and praying about the things that God has for us in our future and in our lives. And it's, it's really easy to feel these days overwhelmed and a bit lost. And I highlighted those reasons earlier, but... You can look at your own future and what you can contribute and against all of these things going on. Um, people who were here last year, uh, last year know that I, the, the image that I think is the most helpful is to look at our own blessings, passions, talent, all of those things um, as, as things where God gives us to hold in our hands. Um, so, oh man, I love music. Oh man, I love speaking. Oh man, I love mentorship. Oh man, I love doing this or this or this, whatever that happens to be. Those blessings, uh, God gives us to hold, and we get to give it to other people. But the thing is, is that we can look at those things, those blessings, and we look at the world around us, and you can kind of feel like maybe that your blessings are a little like that mustard seed, are a little bit seemingly inconsequential. So small that you're even wondering some days if it's too bright, or you're looking at it weird, is it even there, Right? And you might say, Chris, it's not that small. I wouldn't notice it. I get the whole mustard seed thing. How would I even know? You would know because I put a mustard seed on each one of these chairs and none of you said a thing about it. It's not true. Uh, but you but you believe me, right? Because you wouldn't notice. Uh, it's so inconsequentially small. <laughs> It was mean. I was planning on doing it, and I didn't have any at home. Uh, but <laughs> you guys are like, I'm not coming back. He lied to me. Um, but here's the thing. You wouldn't notice. And, and we all feel, and there are days where we feel like you're like, my blessings are a tree. You're like a mighty tree, a mighty oak. You're like, yes, I'm crushing the game today. I'm feeling it. And then the next day you wake up and something happens and maybe something surrounding an insecurity or, or a past hurt or a hang up that you have. And you're like, you know what? It's a seed day. It is a mustard seed day. We all have those. But something else that I would like to suggest to us is that something great, almost all things great, always start with something inconsequential. Great things almost always start with something inconsequential. And in case you don't get the point I'm driving home, I'd like to actually say it this way. Just because someone has not noticed your dreams or your gifts does not mean that they won't grow into something great. Just because someone has not noticed the thing that you bring into the world, the thing that you're passionate about, the thing that you are good at, the thing that you feel called by God to do, and you're like, why, uh, if you can, one of the biggest mistakes that we can make is you can become an adult like you all are now. And you're like, well, if it was meant to happen, it would have happened now. Because we see people get famous for a number of different things, or we see people who are like thriving in whatever uh, place we'd like to put ourselves in. Just because someone, or maybe for somebody in here, that one person that you wish would notice whatever that thing is, just because someone has not noticed your dreams or your gifts does not mean that they won't grow into something great. 
When we look at the changes that we want to see, whether those are individual changes like goals or challenges that we want to see in ourselves or external changes like bettering our community and the world around us, we don't have to be discouraged by the scope of those challenges because the need for the tree began by planting the seed. And lest you think you're like, Chris, this sounds like just a motivational talk. The reason that we're here to do it is because the God of the universe gave us those things to bless the world. The, the God that made everything, who could just solve all the things or could, could do anything that this God wants to do, is instead using what you in particular have to make the world a better place. That's how much God loves us and believes in us, right? Uh, I, I think I quoted it one time last year. Uh, the great theologian Chance the Rapper uh, in, his, uh, in a particular song ended a verse once that said, I know that we believe in God, but we need to believe that God believes in us. It's something like that. I'm, I'm obviously a rapper. But um, we, we believe in God. I know that God believes in us. And I really think that that's true. I loved that. I was like, it should go in a worship song. God believes in us. That's how much is that God is going to use our mustard seed blessings to do great things in the world. And Midwest Humble would say, no, not special. No, no, no. You in particular, if you don't do that thing, if you don't give that thing, it's not going to get given another way. Not saying it won't be okay. Not saying that God won't work through that. Every plan is God's plan A. God can work with that. But you get to use your blessings to bless others. So if we're going to stick with the mustard seed thing, right? And you're like, yeah, but see, it still seems like a big journey. It still seems daunting. It still seems a little much. If we're going to stay with the mustard seed metaphor, you can worry about the weather from a year from now if you're planting a mustard seed, but it doesn't happen. The tree doesn't happen if you don't plant the seed. It doesn't happen if you don't take the very next step. You can worry about there being a drought someday. I don't know if I should plant a plant this month. Uh, there might be a drought in four months. I don't know. You can worry about that, um, but if you're wanting a tree, you have to plant the seed. Nothing else matters at the point of planting the seed. You just have to do that thing and do it well. Then what's next? We have to water it, plan on doing that well. Then sunlight, then protection, etc. By taking the time to cultivate what we have focus, um, what we can focus on that next step, we can look back and realize how far we've gone. Anybody who's run any distance knows that you have those dark moments in a marathon. My old job at Team World Vision in another life was starting marathon teams at churches. And um, the darkest time in a marathon is like 14 to 17 miles because you've run a lot out of 26. You've run a lot, but you're nowhere close to being done. But you just focus on that next step. You focus on that next thing. And all of a sudden you look back and you're like, man, I've run a long ways. This is exactly what we're talking about. So um, the application for next week is this. Um, this is something for us to think about as we go on. Because one of our big focuses here is how are we going to take this into the week? It's not about me stumbling through this today or playing guitar or whatever. You're like, yeah, the pizza is good. Greta's really good at singing. And, uh, and Chris kind of can figure it out. But... Um, the point is to take these questions in and to actually apply them into your life, to actually pray about these because we believe that God will meet you in the midst of it. So here are our next steps for this week. Things for you to consider on your own. What challenge seems too big for you to handle right now? Maybe that's a career thing. Maybe that's a family thing. Maybe, maybe you don't even know what it is right now. It's totally fine. So I just encourage you to ruminate on this. I'm going to throw it in the stories tomorrow probably, but just I'll, I'll send out a reminder. Feel free to check back uh, Kairos on Instagram. 
Next step is, what is the first step in planting the tree? So you're like, man, my challenge is this thing. Maybe it's a family member that you do not get along well with. Uh, You unfriended them during the election uh, because things got a little heated. I'm just throwing, this is not based on fact. I'm just, I've heard this story from other folks. What is the first step in planting that tree? If you feel called in reconciling with somebody, or if you feel called in pursuing that passion, you're like, yeah, but how am I going to take one step into that? That's that second question. What is the first thing? If the first step that you think of seems too big, you're thinking too big. Like, cut it in half. If it's having a conversation with someone, sending a text to someone, um, investigating, figuring out one way that you can use a gift that you want to use, like in, in everyday life, whatever that is, what is the first step and how can you do that? The third question is, how can you invite God into that? A lot of times we're like, God, thanks for the blessings. High five. I'm going to go out there and do my best. What is a way that you can just invite God into participating with you in that this week? Um, That might look like just saying at the beginning of the day, God, help me in this. Help me to see the opportunities to use what you've given me. And um, just keeping God at the center of you pursuing these things. Because if God's not at the center of it, it becomes about us. And when it becomes about us, it's less good than it could be. So those are all things for us to consider. Hold those in your heart, in your brain, in your mind. And uh, something else that we're going to do that we do at the end of every night uh, here on Thursdays, uh, we do discussion questions. So um, we have a few minutes left. Give it a good 10 minutes. I'll let you divide as necessary. You can decide whether you want one group or two groups or whatever. Again, you're adults. I'm just going to eat pizza. But um, the discussion questions are this. Say, so say your name, a, uh, name, age, long walks on the beach, all those things. No, um, say who you are, where you go to school, and, uh, and um, your year in school. Um, and then the questions are this. Are you a projects person? Are you like a to-do list, checklist person? Or are you like, I tackle, the, I, I catch the big fish, I do the big things. I'd love to know. Um, uh, or if you're a no go, goals person, right here, if you're, if you're with me. Um, I do have goals in life. Not important. Um, so second one is, what is something that feels really big right now? I'm not asking you to bury your soul. I'm just saying, like, you're like, yeah, listen, I got a lot of stuff this upcoming week, and I don't know how I'm going to do it. Um, so what is something that feels really big right now to you? Um, and then what is your current next step on your journey? You're like, you know what? Uh, internships are next for me. And what the things I'm going to where you're like, you know what? I am working on this class right now. I'm going to pass it. Um, Or you're like, you know what? I'm really passionate about X, Y, or Z. I'm going to learn to play three chords on the guitar uh, this semester. Whatever that happens to be. Uh, It could be literally anything. So um, I will not dismiss you again, but just give it some time. You can go if you need to, but I would encourage you, do the thing. Be uh, be a community. So um, we'll have discussion. You guys can decide that amongst yourselves. Um, But let me pray for us real quick. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this group of people that are here. God, we thank you for those who, who uh, also are not here. God, we thank you for the blessings uh, that they um, give to their community as well. So, Lord, help us to give us the eyes to see, fresh eyes this week, to see the ways that we can bless the world around us. God, help us to know all of the ways that you made us and help us see ourselves the way that you do. God, uh, I pray that um, as we step into trying to follow what you have for us, a lot of times that equals vulnerability and vulnerability often equals tension and feeling bad and insecurity. And God, over each one of these students here tonight, I would pray just protection from that, 
that instead you would hear the Spirit's voice calling them deeper in the way that you made them to participate in the world, and that they would have confidence and joy and peace in those moments. God, help them to know that at their very center, beyond anything they could ever do, that they are very good. It's in your good name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Awesome, awesome. Discussion questions are there. Give it a few minutes and take some pizza to go after you're done. Grace and peace, friends. Go be good to each other. We'll see you later.